0: February is Black History Month, and as a companion piece to our recent Film Noir podcast, today we visit post-World War II Los Angeles as we do a playback review of the 1995 film Devil in a Blue Dress. The film stars Denzel Washington, Jennifer Beals, Don Cheadle, Tom Sizemore, and a bevy of wonderful actors and it tells the tale of an out-of-work homeowner living in 1948 Los Angeles, who is hired to find a woman, but unexpectedly finds himself involved in a blackmail conspiracy that turns into murder. Dwight, Adrian, and myself sat down for a hearty discussion about the cast and script, Denzel's acting career at that point, detective stories in general, as well as the film's seemingly accurate portrayal of black life during segregation. We also offer some well-deserved praise for writer-director Carl Franklin's fine adaptation of Mosley's book. I'm Swain Hunt. A man once told me, once you step out your door in the morning, you're already in trouble. The only question is, are you on top of that trouble or not? Well, the three of us are neck deep in trouble as we play back the underrated 1995 neo-noir film, Devil in a Blue Dress. Well I, I honestly I do want to start with uh with Dwight because I know he's the one who had never seen the movie mm-hmm. uh Well actually both of you have never seen uh, the movie before right. right That's correct Okay but Dwight is I guess un- I think of the three of us Well of the three of us I think one he's he's less of a fan of noir than you and I are mm-hmm. And then also probably maybe less of a Denzel
1: fan than uh. us what do you say, D? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, how big a Denzel fan are you guys? I mean, I mean, it's like, I I like maybe I can name him four Denzel moves on top of my head. So maybe that tells you where I am as far as Denzel goes. Yeah, that's what it tells okay. me. It's like, you know, it's, it's <laughs> you know like
2: the, the phases of Denzel. You know, that early phase where his teeth are still kind of jacked up. <laughs> that St. Elsewhere soldier story. And then somewhere craft read Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Steven Biko and all of that. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, he started getting into himself, Mississippi Masala and all of that. Okay. And then right here though, this that sweet spot. I'm telling you, like about 91, 92, Malcolm X, Mo Better, them, you know, um, those Spike Lee movies, and going forward, it's like, yeah, like mm-hmm. coming into so- that.
1: Now see, I see uh most of it. Think them.
0: about it in these terms, uh D. Because you know, our uh Bill Simmons always talks about people who go on like a crazy uh-huh. run, mm-hmm. you know, where they have like a really epic run. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you gotta think like like Adrian's talking about, before, before this, he did Glory, Better right. Blues, Yes. Ricochet, mm. Malcolm X, mm. Crimson Tide. Mm. Philadelphia and Pelican. Okay. Booth. Yeah. That's solid, yeah. yo. That's that's some solid '90s joints right, right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, both. Dead.
2: I mean, but, no, no
1: doubt. So, I mean, I know yo, Denzel is, is one of the, one of the, the greatest uh, uh, black actors of our time. You know what I mean, there's no doubt about that. And I and I I have no uh, no whatsoever. I I enjoy his movies. When I watch his movies, I do get locked in. Like uh, I I have to say um, that a uh, Man on Fire joint was was awesome. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um yeah, I, yeah. I enjoyed that it thoroughly. It's just I don't go actively searching for him. You know what I'm saying? If he shows up in a flick, cool. You know what I'm saying? If he's there or not, it doesn't really matter to me. It's not really you know, it's not really my, my thing. I, I, I find him I do find him relatable to a certain point to where he has a certain Denzel swagger though. You can set is that walk, yo?
2: Yeah. That a hey, that that, that is that walk was on full. point <laughs> All in this movie, it yo. It was silhouette <laughs> like, it it, and doing that walk. It's them shoulders and that.
1: Yeah. yeah that's it. That's that it. that, that yep.
2: stride, that
0: confident stride.
2: That's it. Man. That's it. Yeah. Yep. That's yep. it.
1: Yep. So yeah, you know. Yep.
0: And and then you got the, the thousand yard stare. Right. Yes. <laughs> he got that thousand yard stare, and then the other thing which he does in this movie. And it's something that I always enjoy. He didn't clap in the movie. That's that's what I really like is when he claps when he <laughs> ah, <laughs> ah, ah! My man. <laughs> <it's done. laughs> but but what he did do is is, is he, there's a whole super cut of him getting mad in movies and hitting yeah.
1: something. Yes, yeah.
0: So when when Dewitt uh Albright and his boys leave his house. Yep. Af- after after him and him up. He, he smacks his kitchen table because he's mad right <laughs> in my house,
1: and I like it right yeah yeah well, it's like the thing always, the, the one thing always stands out to me in, in uh, this film in particular, and I don't know why it does i thought I thought he was talking into uh to uh, the lead actress uh jennifer beals Je- Jessica Je- jennifer Beals mm-hmm. there's that, that mm-hmm. don't lie to me, mm-hmm. you know, I thought he was talking to her, but it wasn't talking to him. he was talking to the the bar, the bartender dude, you know and oh,
0: jo- job jobby, yeah. You know?
1: oh. So I was like, okay, yeah. what am I was yeah.
0: but he did he did get angry right. with Jennifer Beale's sure. character, uh, Daphne sure. Monet, and that's when they had the big reveal.
1: Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh the big reveal in, in the movie. But of course, uh today's episode we're talking about Devil in a Blue Dress, uh, which was released in nineteen ninety-five, directed by Carl Franklin, actually written and directed by Carl Franklin, based on a novel by Walter Mosley that was uh actually Published in nineteen ninety, but of course stars as the you know as we're discussing Denzel Washington as the uh, other hero and the protagonist of the story, Easy Rollins, Um, Ezekiel Rollins. I am your friend, (laughs) Easy. But um, this movie is um, you know it's a companion piece. It's meant to be a companion piece to the film noir episode that Adrian and I. Uh, recorded and, and and posted um because this is kind of a noir it's oh, a, yeah. a neo noir I guess you know you might say um definitely has all of the uh the accoutrement of a uh, of a noir in terms of you know mystery and murder blackmail you know uh as we were just discussing a hidden truth that comes to light mm-hmm. <laughs> right um the lone detective who who of course has to get his ass kicked <laughs> um and our hero is kind of a uh an average every every man oh, yeah. who kind of gets lured into the sh- into the shadow world into the into the darkness of uh, the criminal underbelly mm-hmm. you know uh he's got he's got to kind of find his way out of it but um but yeah so Dwight what did you what do you think of the film man uh, cuz like I said, I felt I felt like you were the least Denzel of us, and and then
1: also, you know, probably you know not as big a noir fan. But what what do you think, man? So yeah, what I thought about the movie, was really good, man. Um, I enjoyed it. I liked the, the noir feel of it. I liked the I liked it. I liked the time setting of it. I liked the fact that it was right after you know World War one or two. Okay, and it felt good. Like I felt like everybody had a sense of agency, and I felt like the the, the black people and were in, in those their own little their own little community. Felt like they all. Came together, formed a nice little place, and and they all were, were were letting each other live and let live and let live, you know. Um, everybody had their own place. Everybody had their own little their own little thing they did, and and um, it felt like a real community to me, in California. What about you, Adrian? Because
2: you said you had never seen it before either, right? That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> and uh, man, I got to tell you, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I really did, you know. Um, it, it hit a lot of spots for me, you know. I am a, a fan of Denzel. like like, like Coretta. Yeah, oh, <laughs> oh, 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 boy, I was, <laughs> man, I was jacked.
0: You hitting for... my
3: spot? <laughs> you hitting my spot? Man,
2: Denzel was all into it. Man. Shut oh, up, he's in bed, one. He's trying to sleep. Go ahead, man. Go Yo, ahead. <laughs> I
0: sidetracked.
2: No, it's all. Hey, she, she was easy to sidetrack. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, it was just fantastic, and um, it hit, it hit a lot mm-hmm. of you know, spots for me, just in terms of, you know, the historical aspect, which, for the budget, they really nailed. They really nailed oh, it, yeah. man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they didn't have to use a lot of locations either, you know? No. A lot of the stuff that they used are things that you've already seen in other movies, but they dressed it to the period, you know? Mm-hmm. So it looked fantastic. The costuming was great. Hmm. The performances were on on par, just mwah, chef's kiss, just, just great. Denzel, perfect, perfect. I mean, just just a a great protagonist as an everyman who gets sucked into this thing. And it had everything that you would ascribe to the traditional, you know, noirs like you had mentioned. Um, But you could see touches of other things, whether they were unintentional or not. You know, like the part of the movie where Denzel, he actually does get into a suit you know, for a portion and goes right. up to meet the high power player, you know, in this mm-hmm. thing, one of the mayoral candidates, that's mm-hmm. reminiscent of Chinatown, where, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Jake Geddes goes to see Noah Cross, who's the power player in mm-hmm. the town, you know? Mm-hmm. So it goes from, he's not a prophet eye per se, but then he'll take on, these attributes of what we would see in those type of private eye movies, you know, here and there, and then also I like that it didn't shy away from the racial aspect too, because we are still right. talking about post-war Los Angeles, and Los Angeles at that time to minorities, especially blacks and Latinos, A very very right. virulent. So that's why they did have to have their own communities. So like Dwight said, it was great to see that community interacting with themselves because that's how it would have been. You know what I'm saying? And when you can see, you know, um, uneasiness going outside of the community when he has to meet up with Albright in Malibu. And we know You know modern day oh man if you go outside the neighborhood that's not going to be good so when we see his reactions like malibu which is where predominantly the white folks are you can see him just kind of like oh man and so you you you, you fear for him you know what i'm saying so it just really plays great with all of those elements and 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 of course you know the direction and the writing were, were great you know adapting from you know walter moses original novel and, and the surprise of the movie was was Mouse, uh, Don Cheadle's character. Man, he comes yeah. in, it's just like, you know he reminded me of with that little derby? Mm-hmm. You remember on and Jerry, uh, Jerry's cousin, the muscle-bound mouse <laughs> that comes in? That's what that reminded me of. <laughs> the one who comes in and cleans house with... When Mouse shows up with the little derby, I was thinking, oh, boy, here come, you know, Jerry's muscle cousin, you know, to do some <laughs> damage. But um, Cheetah was, was great in that, man. So, overall, I thought it, it was great, and I regret not – it took me over 20-something years to finally see it, but, you know, I definitely don't regret, you know, um, regret it now. And I will definitely watch it again, for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. Outstanding, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. As, a, as a side note, real quick, as a side note, real quick, as I recall now, man, I actually um, I, um, had an opportunity to meet Walter uh, Mosley, okay. man, uh, a long time ago. I worked at B. Dalton bookstore. And yeah, we did a book signing with him at one of our stores. And I, I, did, I did meet him back when, when he was doing. Uh, one it of the It wasn't Devil in the Blue novels. Dress, it was definitely oh, sorry, like. One, one of the, the um, Easy Ro- easy novels, yeah. One of the Mosley yeah. novels. These mm-hmm. are Easy Rollins novels, yes, yes, sequels. So uh, I'm not sure, it might have been Red Death, or it might have been White Butterfly. At that point, I'm not sure which one it was, but it was, it was, it was, he's a, he's a, you know, a very prolific writer. Whereas, you know, so that character really did well for him. He kept the movie um, for a while.
0: uh, Yeah. What Adrian was saying though, about the, uh, you know, having all those noir elements, but then you're actually seeing the world through the eyes of a minority. So in in many of the noirs, like we discussed uh, on our episode, you know, they're usually characters who are kind of on the fringe, people who are living you know, below middle class, but maybe not dirt poor, but they're definitely living below middle class. Mm -hmm. And there's usually, like, you know, the super rich, and then there's them. And so with Easy, you know, it was interesting to see it through the eyes of a black person living in that day and time. Because, and in my mind, I kind of think, like, okay, this story uh, set in 1948, maybe seven years later in another part of Los Angeles. Mm Mm-hmm. Is where is where the L.A. Confidential story happens. That's right, and we see how the minorities are treated in that film. Right, you know. So, but it, it's just a fantastic f- film, a, a real, just a, a wonderful, wonderful detective story. Uh, again, written and directed by Carl Franklin, and he worked with Denzel again later on in the uh, movie Out of Time. Ah, okay. with uh, yeah, with uh, um, I forget who else is in the movie. Dean Cain's in the movie, and um. Ah, what is his co-star's name? Anyway, it was—it's an ensemble cast, but they work together again in that in that film. But Denzel plays Easy Rollins, the main character, the detective. Jennifer Beals plays a character named Daphne Daphne Monet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mouse is played by Don Cheadle, as Adrian mentioned. And then we got Tom Sizemore, <laughs> Lisa Nicole Carson, yeah. uh, Maury Chaykin, uh Jenard Burks, Albert Hall, Terry Kinney. Mel Winkler, Don, uh, David Fonteno, Shabaka uh, Henley, and uh, and, uh, and and just a, a a bunch of great actors, and Elmer Bernstein does the score. Mm, yeah. So you so you have that classic that classic composer okay. film composer. Yes. You know, bringing bringing his flavor to it, and and it is absolutely felt. But. Um, Yeah, I can't remember when was the first time I saw this, but it very quickly made me a Denzel fan. I was already, but it also too became one of my favorite Denzel movies because, Mm. you know, in many of the films prior to this, you know, he's he's not really the main person. So he's not he's not the main guy in Pelican Brief. He's it's a two-hander with uh, Julia Roberts. Mm -hmm. Philadelphia it's a two-hander with Tom Hanks. In Crimson Tide it's a two-hander with with Gene Hackman. Mm. Ricochet. You know, it's a two hander with, with uh Lithgow.
2: John Lithgow. with John
0: Lithgow. Yeah, Lithgow. So, and and really, maybe more better blues and and Malcolm X are really his the only ones where he's the main lead. That's right. He's the lead in the movie. He's carrying the movie. But I just thought you know this was just it was just a, a an an incredible uh, idea and it was well executed. I never read Mosley's novel. Uh, usually that doesn't work out for me if I see a movie before, and then go back and read the book. I'm kind of like. Eh. I'm waiting on a thing to happen in the movie to happen in the book. <laughs> and and of course it never does. Agree, you know, yeah. uh Franklin talked about yeah, when he yeah. was adapting it. You know, right. some of the changes that he made. And I'll I'll discuss we can discuss some of those uh later in our in our uh uh talking about the film, but um some of the other th- the the f- so you have noir things that that I mentioned earlier, but the you know, some of the themes in the film are Uh, Like rising above your circumstances, uh, colorism and the idea of passing. And for anybody who Mm -hmm. doesn't know what that means, like somebody outside of our our country, you know, uh, blacks who were descendants of slaves, you know, were oftentimes, you know, would have babies with the slave masters. And so that's where kind of where light skinned blacks came from in the United States. And so over time, some blacks were so fair and their hair was, uh, you know, lack curl. That they could actually pass for a white person, Right. and they would do so to try to, you know, get some of the benefits of society that they couldn't get as a black person. Um, there's a great movie called uh, *Imitation of Life* that oh, yeah. that, uh, that deals with that. Oh, yeah. yeah, oh yeah. So, um, but it's also about like transformation. Mm-hmm. You know, Easy Rollins' character—he's out of work. He's—he's—he's—he uh, was in the in the in the service. He got out, got his GI Bill. He bought a house. He bought him a nice car. Then he got laid off from his job and he's looking for work. And he gets lured into this, uh, into uh, trying to track down this woman by his friend Joppy, who owns a bar. Yeah. Joppy says, Yo, this this guy DeWitt is looking for this white girl. If you help him find him, he'll pay you some good money. And he gets kind of sucked into it. And so the transformation happens where he's an average guy. And he has a drink with DeWitt in the bar, and, and Franklin said that the, that the drinking was supposed to kind of symbolize almost like a, you know, drinking with the devil, a Faustian pact. You know, he drinks with him in the bar. He meets DeWitt later on in, in DeWitt's hotel room or whatever. He has a drink with him again there. Mm-hmm. The camera moves in closer and closer and closer, and so you start to realize he's getting closer and closer and closer to getting easy to be his his mark in this in this scheme. And then when they go to Malibu, like Adrian was talking about earlier, where he says, meet me down in Malibu, which is a place where blacks wouldn't have gone back in the day. Right. That's supposed to symbolize Easy's complete dissension mm. into, into the belly of the beast, into you know, the pit of hell. And then later on, when he puts on the suit and he decides, mm. I'm going to start fighting back, that's him ascending out of hell and actually becoming that detective and, and kind of you know transforming yet again. But, but it's also about like segregation, black life in mm-hmm. Los Angeles, okay. soldiers, you know, adjusting the home life, mm-hmm. uh, lust, desire, oh, yeah. uh, friendship, you know, friendship and, and justice, mm-hmm. you know, ultimately at the end of the movie, easy wants justice, you know, he wants right to be had and not just, you know, not just make some money and just, you know, that's it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But, um. But yeah, I, I really, 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 really love this movie and, um, and, and highly recommend it for anybody who hadn't, uh, you know, who hadn't ever seen it and is, is a Denzel fan. It's, it's one of my real favorites. Um, did you guys have any, were there any standout scenes to you? Because Dwight has referenced when he takes the hammer and goes in Joppy's bar and starts beating on, yes. <laughs> on the bar. <laughs> He's like... <laughs> but,
2: but it's funny yeah. because they said that uh, earlier. Um, you, know? you can hear in the background Joppy talking about, hey, watch it, that's Marvel. That's marble right there, right. stop. Right. So then, when so you see that he cares about it. So then when Denzel comes back in with the hammer and starts beating on it, it's already been established that, okay, that's marble and Joppy really cares about that. But Denzel is so desperate to be like, yo, why'd you do this to me? You know what I'm saying? To get right. to the bottom of it, he's gonna destroy one of the prized yeah. possessions yeah. of his friends. But yeah. their friendship pretty much is on the outs anyway, as of then. Makes sense. You know?
1: right yeah because he kind of set him up You I mean he set him up for for the fall man i mean it's like it's like all I, need, I need a job and this guy is like the last person we get in bed with to have a, to get a job because he can't be honest right. with me so i'm gonna tell you what i'm getting into yeah. until it's too late to turn afterwards you know so yeah i mean yeah it, it, it was i mean you know i'm not a big time size more fan anyway man because he, he likes the m-word too much you know like and, and it seems like he it's like it's almost like he just like but he embellishes it. And he, can just tell maybe it's a character that... that he does. He's a good character actor. I I, I know what he does, but I'm, but but no. Every, every time I see Tom Ow. Sizemore, it's the N word come I out. What well. so, other cases? Yeah, yeah, let, let me get a sandwich. No, he's he's got. There's a couple other times he said it in a couple other movies, dude. Uh, uh, I'm like, okay, but wow, okay. So anyway, maybe it's maybe it's, maybe someone looks like Tom Sizemore. <laughs> I don't know, but you know, maybe that's racial profiling in of itself. I don't know. But um, anyway, I'm, I'm not a big Tom Sizemore fan, but he, he plays a, he plays a skanky role real well, you know. And so I, when we see him in a film, film, it's almost like you're 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 gonna know that okay, this guy is gonna be some kind of underhanded mob boss or yeah, and or he definitely plays like really yeah. kind of fat, like,
0: scumbag heavies.
2: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like this was the heyday for yeah. him. Think about it, '95. There's this. And he plays <laughs> in Heat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just like that, that good second lead almost. You know what I'm saying? He can go either way, but if he plays a heavy, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. his, you know, that that's his definite. That's his lane. Exactly. That's what he does. That's his
0: man. lane. Yeah. Also, yeah. too, he plays mm-hmm. like the kind of the uh the the, the greasy mm-hmm. uh mop boss in enemy of the state. That's right. That's right. Um he's one of the soldiers in uh private uh, saving private Ryan. Mm-hmm. And he also, doesn't he show up right. in, uh, I may be getting this wrong. No, that's, uh, I'm thinking about, uh, Michael Madsen. Mm, mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking about Michael Madsen, but he's another one in that era they, where I would confuse him. Yeah. And of course kind of he's, uh, Yeah, he's, uh, he's in, uh, Passenger 57 with Wesley Snipes. Del Vecchio. Exactly. Yes. Del Vecchio. Exactly. <laughs>
2: D-E-L. Vecchio.
0: Vecchio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: No, but as far as like you know, um, favorite scenes, man. um, This this one is broad, but you know all all of the. um, I I really got jazzed by all of the um, scenes with the setting of him walking through the neighborhood, and I'm talking about Easy. I just thought that all of those were really well done as far as like setting the time and the place. The regulars, if you will, like the interactions, Mm -hmm. like when he walks into a bar, he sits down. everything is so just he's completely at ease. You kind of melt into the scene yourself, the familiarity of it. It's just wonderful. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, another standout scene, too, is (laughs) when um, when they go when Mouse and Denzel goes go to. Go to what? What was his friend's name? Caroline's boyfriend. What? What was his name?
0: You mean uh, Coretta? Oh, yeah. boyfriend Thank you. Not the apartment complex. Coretta, sure. Thank you. Yeah. Her uh, boyfriend. Dupree.
2: Yeah, yeah, Dupree. When they go to talk with him and everything, and the familiarity once again, those are certain elements that you can only get from the black experience. You know what I'm saying? You know, like mm-hmm. the familiarity of, hey, come on in. You know, is that pig feet I smell? Yeah, come on in, man. And then they're sitting there just eating, eating meals. I know, G. <laughs> it's not about just the pig feet. I'm just talking more about the familiarity of sharing a plate. You know what I'm saying? Of co- course, right.
1: I, I
3: know. And they're just
2: sitting there, just right, just, course, just, I just I talking. You know, yeah. um, and, and as black men, you know, so to speak, as right. friends, and that and that and that was real cool, and mm. just. They're after just every scene with with Mouse, too, because you're just like, oh, well, they got to do something with Joppy. You're thinking in the back of your head while Denzel's, you know, handling business up at the cabin. (laughs) He comes back. He told him to tie Joppy up. Where's Joppy Mouse? Huh? Where's
1: Joppy? Uh,
3: He's right there. What happened? I ain't had no time to be tying him up easy. What? Look,
0: you just said don't shoot him, right? That's right. Well, I didn't. I just I I choked him. What? Well, how am I gonna help you out if I'm if I'm back here fooling around with him
2: now? Easy, look, if you ain't wanna kill, why'd you leave him with me? <laughs> you know, Easy's like, where's Zappy at? Uh, he's over there. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you shot him? No, nah, I choked him. <laughs> you choked him? <laughs> you know, that type of thing. Just, just <laughs> up, it, it kept you on your toes, too, because it didn't play with the standard conventions of, we know what's going to happen, you know, if you leave him here or with this character whatnot. So I thought it was right. very good in that respect, you know. And, um... And I, I, and I would say the other scene, this is um, actually one of the strongest performances that I had seen from Jennifer Bills, believe it or not. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like when he mm-hmm. meets um, Daphne, Daphne Monet, in that hotel room, like she comes in almost like a Barbara Stanwyck almost. Like you just sense yeah. that the, 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 the sex and danger coming off of her. She just emanates it.
3: Hello, Mr. Rollins. Hello, Miss Monet. I don't know if I should think of you as a friend of Coretta's or as a private dick.
1: (laughs) I ain't no detective. Now I was just hired by a fella that, uh, works for Todd Carter.
3: You know I had to pay Coretta not to tell you where I was?
1: Oh, she got you too. (laughs)
3: She say I was.
1: Said you was out in Watts over to the Skylar Arms apartments with a fella named Frank Green.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. And what else did she tell you about me? I don't know. What else is there to tell? Nothing. I make no apology for my feelings for Frank. He's very dear to me, and that's that, Bourbon.
2: But the performance that she gives really pulls you even deeper into the mystery, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And again, this was also something that was very reminiscent of Chinatown as well, you know, with uh, mm-hmm. Faye Dunaway's character, who she p- pulls Jake Geddes, uh, Jack Nicholson's character deeper in because she's attractive, but she's pulling him in further with her plight, so to speak. So mm-hmm. once again, in both, in both instances, when that big reveal comes, it's like, oh, shoot. Like, it just kind of bowls right. you over. Like, that's Why? You know what I'm saying? Right. Oh, man. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right.
1: Now, now here's the thing. Were they, trying to, was, were they trying to implicate or trying to draw some of the fire from? I wonder if Walter was trying to draw some of the fire from the fact that the Black Dahlia was a big thing during that time. Because they were trying to play like play something like, like this is a Black Dahlia murder mystery. Because they had inferred to her, uh, Jennifer Bill's character one time, as like, this Dahlia and they could, they, did, they, could, they didn't call her by her actual name because they didn't know what it was because she was trying to pass, mm-hmm. but they called her by her by you know the name of she the Monet character, but it was also trying to say she was like a Black Dahlia-type character. Did you guys get some, get that from that too, or what, was I just hearing things? Okay. Well, I
0: do remember when they were in the bar to, in the juke joint together drinking at the very beginning of the movie where Easy was trying to kind of be slick
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. about the fact that he was looking for her, so he started messing with her name. Oh, her Wait, name was Delilah that? or Dahlia or something like Ray. that. right. And he was trying to, th- he didn't want to seem like, oh, I know exactly who it is that I'm looking for. And I, is that what you're referring to? Maybe that's yeah, where it, it yeah. kind of I mean, comes I mean, up. I mean, maybe it was, but, yeah. But this is definitely along the lines of a uh, an Elmore Leonard Black Dahlia, or uh, uh, I guess Elmore Leonard didn't write Black Dahlia, did he?
2: No, no, that was, that was uh, actually much earlier. I think that was like the Shield yeah. Hammett or Philip Chandler or one of those. Not Philip Sandler. Yeah, one of those.
0: But but definitely like like she's supposed to. She's definitely supposed to be this kind of irresistible, sexy, uh, well-to-do but dangerous,
1: enigmatic woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: en- enigmatic kind of uh, almost like a femme fatale. Although she doesn't really kick a whole lot of a- any ass in the uh, <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: in the
1: movie.
0: Right. But but to to Adrian's point as far as like Don Cheadle's performance, which this is his breakout role. Mm. Uh, in many respects. This is the one where yeah. people were like, oh, who's that guy? Right. And and this character, the character of Mouse, in terms of his charisma, in terms of the way he talks and how likable he is, in terms of his lethalness, he's kind of like a um like an early version of uh Omar from The Wire. Oh, okay. Where you really like him He's really enjoyable on screen. But you love hearing him talk and he's deadly with with the with the steel. Yo. Yes. He's handy with the steel. Do not fuck with him.
1: Yes. Almost too deadly, bro. Like that scene, like you said, we went to went to his <laughs> went to went to his boy's house and sitting out eating food and y'all got drunk. And yeah. he's sitting there with he's got he's got one, he got one on the table and one back behind him and it's in his and it's <laughs> Hold on <laughs> and now, he pulls hold on now. Out, Hold on I don't you grab right, no right gun. Right. I,
0: I, I'm I'm
1: fast. You know I'm fast. Ain't nobody <laughs> in right?
0: Texas faster.
1: Right, right. I'm like okay. I, I was I was like, okay. Wait, wait a minute. Did Denzel just leave the easiest leave that the gun cocked and sitting on the table with the trigger still open and ready to, ready, ready to spring any point in time with the slightest mistouch. I mean it's I like guess. come on. yeah. I mean dude, you know it's like dude, just let that go. Like like let that let that you know hammer down. Don't uh, yeah. leave it open like that. But Agent talking about uh,
0: Jennifer Beals and, you know, obviously she was in Flashdance and she's done other things.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, Franklin said that when he, he was doubtful to cast her in this role because he said that he knew she was uh, she was uh, uh, biracial and that she identified as black. And he thought that that would play against the big reveal in the movie. You know, okay. because people would know that about her. And so he said he met with other actresses and, and, and auditioned them. And she she came back and she came in and he said she just killed it. He said mm. she was better than everybody else and she she just killed it. And he said he was still doubtful. He said, because he, you know, he just thought, you know, that people will know, oh, she why are they saying she's white when she's really black. But he okay. said, you know, she was so good in her uh, audition that he just he cast her anyway, and she is the perfect person for the part.
2: You know, nice. but also I, I think Yes, you know, we know as the audience that yes, in real life, Jennifer Bills is biracial and identifies as black, but it's not that much of a stretch, too, because back during that time, you did have, you know, um, female celebrities that were going with, you know, white men, you know, other white celebrities like a Lena Horn or, you know, Dorothy Dandridge, you know, more fairer skinned, too, you know, um, uh, Females who were able to pass, you know, so to speak, you know, in that regard. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that element fit right in. And because that issue was very sensitive um, during that time, too, you know, in the midst of, you know, segregation and Jim Crow, I thought that added element, you know, really um, added to the ver- verisimilitude uh, of the piece. Um, as well maybe so yeah
0: maybe so yeah the idea that she actually was a black uh, a biracial person
3: mm-hmm. or a
0: mixed race person but she is trying to pass but it, 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 it was still great yeah it was still great my, my favorite scenes are um of course when he meets her in the hotel room oh yeah and there's this kind of a, a tension between them and you think something's going to happen and it, and it doesn't and you know, there's that 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 they don't have the snappy fast dialogue that you would see in some old noirs where it's the slow, well, you say something, and then I say something, and then there's an innuendo. Well, what about this? Ha 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 ha. And you're like, okay, <clears throat> what's what's about to happen here? But uh, right. another of my favorite scenes is when uh Easy comes home and uh the woodcutter, who's played by a really terrific uh, character actor named Shabaka Henley. Okay. He's He's trying to tell Easy, hey, 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 Easy, wait, wait, wait before you go in there. Right. And, uh, and then Daphne Monet's brother, Frank Green, hits him over the head and they have that wild fight yes. in his house. And the fight is really dynamic and they're smashing furniture. And then, he, and then Frank pulls out his knife and he's getting ready to cut Easy's throat. And then that's when Mouse walks in. Uh, uh. Hey. You want me to shoot this son of bitch, easy? Mouse! You
3: want to shoot him? Oh. am oh. oh. <coughs> sorry. What the
0: hell is happening,
3: man?
0: God damn it, I'm going to blow your nose. No, wait, me. no, no, don't shoot him.
1: Where's Daphne Monet, Frank? All right, look, all right, maybe you don't know where she is, but hey, we can help each other find him, man. Mouse, no.
0: College resident.
3: No. No, nah, i busy right now. You're gonna have to call back. Look. A
1: rich man is willing to pay 1000 dollars just to talk to this girl. thousand dollars, that's a hell of a lot of money, man. Frank.
3: Wait, 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 minute, wait. Look, let me try.
0: Uh, Look here, Frank. It's it's Frank, right? Yeah. Frank. Ah! What the hell are you? You ain't got it all. the way they call me. Damn it! Something
1: was wrong
0: with you. Right. And then, and that's when things turn, and that's when we get introduced to Mouse. But the other one too is, um, uh, is when Easy uh, and uh, Mouse, like we were talking about earlier when they go to the cabin mm-hmm. and there's the shootout in the cabin, which they say they constructed the cabin for the shootout. Like they laid it out, yeah. worked out the choreography and then constructed the cabin. So the camera could move here, the camera could move there. Two cameras could be here and they could get it. And I thought that was just a great scene because easy's like shooting and ducking and shooting and ducking. And obviously hasn't fired a gun since he was in the, uh, in, the, in army. the army. yeah. Mm. And then mouse just walks in the front door Boom! Blam! <laughs> Blows one dude's head off. Blam! Shoots Albright in the chest, and then Albright just you know stumbles outside. And
2: <gasps> that part right there, and I, Swiss, I know you're a, a big NC fan. That mm-hmm. part where Albright stumbles out, and it's that bl- low blue lighting. Yeah, you tell us the top lighting there. It's very soft though. It was very yeah. reminiscent of a couple of N.C. Wyeth paintings that I love. It's almost set by Moonlight, and that Moonlight yeah. is kind of coming down, and Easy and Mouse just watch Albright just expire in the dust as the bastard that he is. Yeah, mm-hmm. yo, he's like... <gasps> mm-hmm. <laughs> just go to, go to sleep. Yeah, go to sleep. Go to sleep. And,
0: and, and if you, if you go hour. back... Yeah. If you go back and watch the movie, in that scene where Easy and Mouse are standing over Albright as he's taking his last breaths. Mm -hmm. All the, all the sounds of the forest and the crickets drain out of the scene as if nature is taking a moment of silence because a life was, was lost. Mm. And then the sound comes back in when they speak and then they go Mm. back to the car and then they, they discuss, Hey, where's Joppy? You know, (laughs) I choked him out. I choked him out. But, um, but yeah, that 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 was really that was really terrific. Um, <clears throat> I got some some interest, a couple of interesting trivia bits because I listened to the director's commentary mm. Mm. Uh, of the movie, which I almost never do now. I don't I, I don't find them to be super interesting, but this one was great, and it made me a really big bigger a bigger fan of Carl Franklin than I was before, because of how much care he put into making the film. Uh, how fondly he spoke of it when he was talking about some of the details and how how much like the 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 background and the uh, the day players and the support actors who came in how how excited they were to make the movie you know um, he talked about how committed Denzel was mm-hmm. he talked about some of his musical choices you know when they um, when Denzel gets in the car with Matthew Terrell who is one of the mayoral candidates who's running against uh, Todd Carter who is uh, Daphne Monet's uh, fiance. Yeah. He gets in the car with uh with uh Matthew Terrell, who we find out later in the in the story is a pedophile. Right. Yeah. And and he's playing some European, like European jazz. And he said, you know, I just felt like his character would listen to that. And then he was playing and the na- the song that, that was playing was a French had a French name, and Franklin pronounced it with the French accent to it. I was like, Oh, okay, damn, yo. <laughs> you know, nice. he was like, well. Um and he he even mentioned like he said we took artistic license because when they go with the scene where you all were talking about where uh Mouse and Easy go to Dupree's house and they eat the uh they eat they eat the uh pig's feet uh at the kitchen table and there's a gospel song playing and he says the gospel song was actually recorded in the 60s.
3: Sure. Mm.
0: But he said it was one that we really, really liked and thought worked well for the scene, so we took okay. artistic license and put it in anyway but some of the other trivia that he mentioned he said that um Denzel wanted his clothes a month before they started shooting cuz he wanted to wear them and get comfortable wearing those clothes he wanted to feel like the character yeah you know you know however the pants were supposed to fit and all that he wanted all that to to be right um he also said that you know even though you know Dwyce Tom Sizemore uh, is is not his guy for his uh his uh <laughs> uh excessive use of the n word <laughs> Or potential excessive use of the N word. Yeah, he, um, yeah, he, yeah. And he all he does place he does play the heavies and the scumbags quite quite well and quite often. Mm, mm-hmm. But he said Tom Sizemore was great to work with. He says I would work with him again in a heartbeat. He says he was really great. Um Franklin knew Don Cheadle from a like a uh, student film that he had made years earlier, he, and Cheadle was in that. Okay. And then they they brought him in and cast him as Mouse and. Cheetah was 10 years younger than Denzel, so they had to age Mouse up and then they had to age Denzel down because oh. they were supposed to look like childhood friends. Yeah. Mm. You know. So okay. um and then um uh, what was the other? Oh, the cars. Mm. He said a lot of the cars that they used, he said, you know, the film set in 1948, and he says in a lot of films, they will uh use vehicles that um, used to, every car will be like 1947, 1948, 1947, 1948. He said, but it was post-World War II. It was the first time America had been prosperous in a long time. So he knew that the people in 1948 were probably going to be driving cars that were 10, 12, 15 years old. So more of the cars they had that he had populating the, uh, the background were in the 30s, the late 30s. So it's just to try to add some, you know, some authenticity to it. Oh, that's
2: wonderful. Mm -hmm. That's, that's wonderful. And see, y'all know that that's one of my big sticking points, you know, as far as like when it comes like uh, historical pieces, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. skits, those certain details, right. Or at least take the care to do your research as to what is correct and how you can best bring it to the screen, you know, with whatever your budget is. You Know what I'm saying? En- environmental
1: authenticity, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. and it makes, it makes a difference, yeah. And that's interesting you said that about you know Denzel's um clothing, um, Swiss, because I felt that like the 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 workman's clothing that he was wearing, like they just sat mm-hmm. on him just right, you know what I'm saying, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he totally felt like in his element, like the one part where. He's heading out to the bar that night. He just has that Denzel kind of strut. And he's got to smile a little bit. I love that. <laughs> That's like the perfect yeah. capsule of Denzel. Like, yeah, you know, he's out about town. You know, he's doing his thing. I, I love that. I love that. You know, and you were talking about a little trivia about Carl Franklin. I got, I got what, <laughs> and it's probably unexpected. Okay, one of my favorite Vietnam movies when I was a kid. Has Carl Franklin in it?
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, because he was an actor before he became a screen uh, director and a filmmaker. That's right, that's right. So
2: I used to love this movie when I was a kid called "Eye of the Eagle 3. the last stand <laughs> at Long Bay. <laughs> <laughs> so he, so he plays nice. like you know this rag uh, a member of this ragtag special forces group. You know what I'm saying? And he's he's the brother with the shotgun and the green beret, and I remember seeing just his name. You know, I didn't think of anything of it as a kid. It's like, oh, Carl Franklin. He's like the only black guy in there. So, of course, I was like, oh, Carl Franklin played so-and-so. Okay, okay. And so years later, when he became a bit more prominent, obviously, as a director and, you know, such, I was like, oh, that's Carl Franklin, who was in *I, of the Eagle 3. Okay. <laughs> 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 oh, boy.
0: <laughs> yeah man he was uh he was an actor before he became a director and i think i don't know if one false move was his first film i need to see that uh yeah yeah but he did one false move he did this movie he did uh devil in the blue Dress. i mean, excuse me uh out of time mm-hmm. and i think he's directed quite a bit of television too he's kind of like ernest dickerson in that way he's done a lot of more television recently than he has done uh feature films yeah um yeah, but I, I really, I really dug his dug, dug listening to the commentary, and you know you, and you do you know if if they're done well, you do find out things that uh, that you normally wouldn't wouldn't know about a movie, things that wouldn't even come up in an interview, because there's so much time for them to to talk that they start and they and they're watching their art as they're talking, so now they're kind of remembering. Oh, so you hear him reference that. Um, David Fonteno, who played Jr., mm-hmm. you know, he's always he's a wonderful New York actor. And he says uh Maury Chaikin, he's a, a great uh Toronto-based actor. Uh Terry Kenny's like, oh, he's a great New York actor. And he said that they cast um probably 70 or 80 percent of their actors in New York. Okay. And then brought them all out to Los Angeles uh, you know, for uh for the film. But another bit of trivia too was Denzel's son, John David Washington, who's finding who's coming into his own as an actor now, mm-hmm. is in the movie. He, there's a little boy with a toy rifle. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's that's John David Washington when he was little. Oh, that's he cool, was a kid. Oh, okay. yeah, that's real cool. Yeah, so they he uh, he put him in the movie. But you know, it's funny too because more like if you look at the the cast, uh, Maury Chicken played kind of like a slimy. He's played like a slimy overweight questionable mm-hmm. sexual proclivities kind of a person in uh in other movies before I've seen him play that that part at least one time before yeah uh for sure and Jannard Burks I f- think this was the first time I saw him and he was f- hilarious to me he plays uh Lisa Nicole Carson's character Coretta he plays her boyfriend Dupree and you know th- <laughs> you know she's He's passed out drunk in the other room and she's, she's sitting on Easy's lap grinding away and, 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 and tra- telling Easy, oh you're just gonna walk out here and leave me here. And Easy's like, Coretta your man is asleep in the other room. She said, yeah sleep," uh-huh. And then she starts ragging on him It's ragging on his sexual prowess and his manhood and so then they start getting it but later on in the movie after Coretta is killed you know he and Easy and Mouse are talking and he tells Easy and Mouse yeah you know, they said she had a uh, uh, claw mark on I mean, him, she had broken nails where she was fighting him. She was fighting him because she wouldn't have nobody but me. <laughs> easy was like, uh, uh look, at, look at that skew just sheepish. <laughs> oh
3: yeah, she <laughs>
2: it's kind of, it's kind of neat the way that Denzel um, and Dupree, they do have that exchange at the threshold of the door where he kind of like, you mm-hmm. know, easy he knows what happened. And he just kind of sum, sums it up to Dupree by saying, I, I just want to say about Coretta, I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? Right. And right, it's not right, right, right. mean enough, not right. only that she's dead, but that I, you know, had infidelity with her. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry.
0: I smashed, I smashed before but, she yeah, was killed.
1: But you think, <laughs> do you, think Dupree, yeah. you think Dupree really knows that? I don't think Dupree really knows no, He was no, clueless, bro. He didn't. No, he didn't know at you know, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't he so know just, just, at all. That's the duplicity of, of of her character. It's like you okay. So you wonder why you ended up dead because look, you first off you're hiding secrets from everybody, including your man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you so, mm-hmm. so you kind of you have the you have the kind of this 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 attitude, this thing where you're always trying to get get yours and get this she, uh, kind of a come up. I felt she was a sympathetic character to a degree, but then she was seeing who She was as a person inside this character made me feel less sympathetic for her. So I'm kind of like okay, well I you kind of expect her to end up the way she did. I
2: oh, don't know. To man. me,
1: well. <sighs> so to but to Dwight's point,
0: uh Franklin even talked about that in the commentary where he said you know we 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 looked at a lot of actresses to play Coretta, but Lisa Nicole Carson was just she again she was the best, mm-hmm. and he said she was so charming and so irresistible mm. that even the infidelity wasn't enough for you to not like her or to not be on her side, but at the same time you find <laughs> out you find out from uh you know that she's trying to basically blackmail Daphne Monet and her fiance with these pictures. Mm-hmm. Right. So she she is kind of a a dastardly person. Like she is kind of like I'm I'm going to get mine.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: and and another thing too in the movie they actually did film a scene where there is a romantic uh interaction between Daphne Monet and See, Easy Denzel's character work. and Jennifer Beale's character because mm. it happens in the book. Okay. It's, it's It's that way in the book, but they that said they sense. cut it because they wanted the focus to be more on she's trying to get back with her fiance. Mm-hmm. She's obsessed with that happening. She doesn't think that her being uh biracial is going to be, or her being black is going to be anything that will hold her back from being reunited with this guy. And they felt like if she had this thing with easy, it would that that it. would somehow sully the idea that she's still pining for, you know, her, for her fiance.
2: Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But,
0: But one of the things, before we finish it up, one of the things that's different in the film versus the book, in the book, a lot of it's the same, but it's the third act that changes. Like, Mouse and Easy end up like, uh, they end up like blackmailing Daphne Monet to get money. And then they do end up, you know, she does end up reuniting with her, with Todd Carter. Okay. Uh, later on, and, and then he does like, oh, just so you know, I I do love her. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you love her, yeah. but you know, you, you love still know that you, You're, secret. Right, you're yeah. standing right. and right. you know, you love your your position in society, you love your family right. name and all this money. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you love all of those things more than you uh than you love her, and thus you are exactly. willing to give her up know, to keep yeah. all those things. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and it's just. A great movie that really demonstrated what a different place America was, oh, you know, this idea mm-hmm. that, you know, even after World War II when America was very, very prosperous and the economy was booming and, um, you know, you do see a real economic recovery from, you know, World War One all the way to World War II. You, this is the first time you see a real recovery, you know, real... Right. You see, really, what you're seeing in 1948 and going into the 50s is the birth of the middle class, right? Mm. And at the same time, it was just, you know, it was great for a certain person, right? It was not great for everyone, right? Yeah. Well, you know, and
2: and that's and that was one of the slogans um, during the war for you know African Americans. They were aiming for the double victory, um, victory abroad as well as victory at home. And they won the victory abroad, but they still were trying to attain the victory at home. And some would still argue that they're still fighting for that victory, even to this day, you know, Mm -hmm. which made the ending very, very poignant, you know, after Mm -hmm. all is said and done. And, you know, Easy Mm kind of looks up and down the street and they have an enclave of all black families. You know, they have their own happy community. You know, it's almost Mm -hmm. like this, it's that version of a golden age, if you will, that Mm -hmm. we ascribe to that period, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's just within Mm -hmm. their community. And that's all he Mm -hmm. needs. That's all he needs. Mm -hmm. He got a house. He's amongst Mm -hmm. a community of friends and people that he loves and trusts for the most part.
3: The kids are happy.
2: It's just wonderful. Mm -hmm
3: this is this is this
2: is his victory right here if he goes outside of there he still has to fight but his victory at home is right there you know that concludes this episode of sidebar forever hosted by dwight clark swain hunt and adrian johnson you can find us online at SidebarForever.com Any emails or questions can be directed to us at SidebarForever at gmail.com And also, subscribe to us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube,
3: and Instagram.